Hello and welcome to Universal Mechanisms. It's Mike L. James. It's been a while. <clears throat> I will admit, it's been a while since um, I've uh, taped a recording of any type, actually. Well, that's not true. I've been working on some music, um, a new group that I'm forming, hip-hop group or whatever. And, um, man, there's, there's a lot of stories. It's like... Um, Life is real this year. I mean, it just seems like 2019 is it, it's as real as it could possibly get. Um, we're dealing with um, a division in our country, um, Democrat, Republican, you know, and every other opposing sides of issues. And it seems like, like, None of those issues are actually being addressed. It's more accusations, name hurling, investigations, and a lot of fear. Uh, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of indifference. There is a lot of stubbornness, a lot of ignorance. And it just seems like Humanity is coming to a head. This is crazy. Um, <clears throat> but there's a couple of things on my mind today. And they're two different issues, but kind of related in a way. And I think that what's missing in our society right now is basically, you know, humanity. You know, um, we say that whenever there's a disaster or a catastrophe, you know, the it brings out the best in people. Well, this year has proven to be otherwise. It's proven um, to be not the case, you know, in this year, at least. <clears throat> so, I want to talk about Nipsey Hussle. Um, I'm not a, uh, a friend of Nipsey Hussle. I'm not a longtime fan of Nipsey Hussle. I'm not someone that, you know, knows the ins and outs of his music career um, or <clears throat> his activities or his affiliations or anything like that. I just basically just look at the issue, you know, as any reporter would do, you know, just basically looking at the fact of what happened. You know, the fact of what happened is you know, uh, a young man who came from a challenging background and a broken family, uh, but a family of love nonetheless, um, built a future for himself when it looked like he didn't have a lot of direction in his childhood. Um, and he found a way to make the keys that he has and the flaws actually work like everything, and he, he found a formula for himself, for success, you know, how I propose for um, universal mechanisms, I mean, if he had continued to live, you know, I don't, I don't doubt that eventually, you know, I, I might have, you know, invited him to, you know, be a, 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 a participant on the show, it would have been great to hear what he had to say, because, a lot of what he did 
is uh, echoed in basically what I share. Some might say teach or whatever, but you know, um, it's not like a a formal academic study. Um, it's just a lot of uh, observation, a lot of knowledge um, that I've acquired, you know, over time, and the unique ability to synthesize, you know, everything that I I learn and bring it all together. But not to belabor the point, I mean. Um, he found the mechanisms that actually worked for him. You know, he read books. It just seems like that reading books seems to be the central, like, foundation of people who who actually make it and, you know, break out of whatever um, cycle that they're in that within which, you know, they seem to be trapped. So he read about and concerning people who were successful and who were wealthy. He learned their their mistakes and he learned what they got right. And he listened, you know, to people who had something worth saying. And um, he took a lot of financial advice. He, he just went for what he knew. And he had a great plan, but then he, when someone told him, hey, you know, um, you can make this work faster, you know. Um, there's a different system that you can use, you know what I'm saying? Rather than the traditional, you know, door-to-door or, you know, uh, print ad or whatever, you could do this and you could do that. You know, you can you know, basically um, become more technological in how you move. And he took that advice. You know? He did a lot of investment in the property, you know, small companies, Bitcoin. He did whatever would bring in a return, you know. Hence, his all money in, you know. And his slogan was all money in, no money out. You know, so basically, he changed the paradigm of how things operate on a day-to-day basis uh, concerning his economics. And we see the proof you know, of, you know, his mechanisms uh, for getting things done, you know, um, buying that lot, you know, um, where the marathon store sits in L.A., I mean, uh, that says a lot, you know, and and other plans that he had as far as breaking ground and and, and building other things. He had a lot of contacts as well, like um, he had... He had a good sense, you know, of of some of the avenues that <clears throat> would get him to where he needed to go. So, um, and one of those was was great connect uh, connections. You know, you know, he did his networking. He 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 really paid attention to that. You know, um, almost to a fault, he didn't make too many idle calls and even when he was around his friends you know he whatever he knew about how to get ahead he just gave them hints or he dropped this or he would say this or whatever in their language he would write on walls you know and when they came in they looked at it they read it he was just basically trying to get into their subconscious and trying to you know influence them that way he understood 
um, how sigils work, you know, so, um, you could tell he did some studying, you know, he did some studying, some studying, and he formulated a core, a core of people around him, partners that he could trust, um, and, uh, and he has assets, you know, to this day, it's pretty tight, you know what I'm saying, so it's, it's not like it's some loose account here or loose account there, you know, we have a lot that we can learn from, you know, a man that, you know, used the time within his 33 years, you know, to accomplish some things and to really make an indelible mark, you know, not just, you know, uh, on paper or, or on wax or in a digital form, but, you know, in the minds and the conscious, you know, of people, you know, that never even met him. I mean, that that shows, that attests to um, the strength and the truth of of whatever he was following. And interestingly enough, he, he did give credit to God, you know, whenever he could, even on his albums, you know, he mentioned God. He didn't care, like, what people thought about him, you know, and his past. If that, if that did affect him, it didn't seem like it hurt him. You know, like, you couldn't visibly see... Oh wow, he was hurt by what I said, you know, because his focus was so forward moving uh, till that kind of drowns out the noise that, you know, any small opinion might have, you know. Um, so that's really what I wanted to say, you know, about Nipsey Hustle. I mean, notice I'm not even talking about, you know, the violence that occurred and, you know, how his demise happened and you know all that right there is just a smoke screen you know when you look at it it's a reality things did happen those things did happen but what really matters is what he was able to accomplish because remember now the subject is him so the subject is not people around him people that hated him um uh violence that happened to him it, this that's not even the focus the focus is him because to tell you the truth if he wasn't magnetic and if he wasn't charismatic like he was no one would be paying attention to all the other surrounding details of his demise it just he wouldn't hear about it I mean do we know about the surrounding details of people that are getting shot up and, and killed in Chicago or in Baltimore, you know, or any other individuals in Los Angeles, California. No. Why do we why do we talk about Nipsey Hustle? Because of the force, the power, uh, because of the inertia, you know, the momentum that he was able to create in his life by um, implementing and executing his um, universal mechanisms and moving ahead and succeeding. And I, that, that is something that um, is worth focusing on. That is really what's worth this that is really what is worth focusing on and, and looking at um, and, and even talking about and discussing, you know so, um, I don't really want to get, right, really, really, like, teachy or anything, you know, I just wanted to, like, basically talk about that, you know, um, 
The second issue I wanted to talk about is, you know, self-defense is really what I want to talk about. That's the whole focus right there. You have people that are ignoring your um, your need to be able to defend yourself. And the groups are a wide spectrum of groups and individuals, maybe, um, that have different you know, opposing views concerning that. Some really do want to prevent you from protecting yourself for whatever reason. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, like, when we see situations where there's a shooting or someone is murdered, the basic things that we're looking at are the victim and the perpetrator. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at the victim and the perpetrator. Um, so, as a blanket subject, we talk about violence or gun violence this that and the third um, but the story becomes irrelevant you know um, when we're talking about numbers and statistics so this is why I don't really subscribe to statistics because people say oh statistics are facts no statistics are not facts statistics may be data but how that data is acquired who it is that's acquiring that data and um, the angle, you know, of, of how that data is being projected, you know, um, all goes into the, the, the calculations and formulation of the statistical outcome. So, you know, so you could say, oh, um, we have 300 shootings, you know, within a month. That's just, I'm just throwing a number out there. Yeah, 300 shootings within a month, right? Okay. Um, and someone could use that same 300 shootings and say, oh, 300 people, you know, were shot by police, you know? And we'll see some video, we'll read some story, and some are more circulated than others. And, you know, we'll may hear about, you know, the the um, the con- consistency of the stories and and the um, and the frequency of which uh, these stories come about also plays into the, the whole psyche, you know, so um, so you have these different stories surrounding the 300 shooting. You know, um, cop, you know, cop um, related. Um, it could be school shootings. It could be mass shootings. And but you could still use the same 300 um, statistical data just to say, oh, violence. So we can't trust that the people that are using the data, you know, um, to be 100% honest about what that data is really should be labeled as, you know? Is it black-on-black crime? Is it mostly, you know, um, police-committed murders? Um, is it accidental shootings within a home, the family, or whatever? 
I mean, but so the reason that people use the statistics, you know, you could say, yeah, it's true. 300 people died in a month. That's true, right? And you can say, oh, it's a fact that 300 people died. But when you, um, when you predicate that toward a certain agenda and say, oh, well, you know, this happened because of this. So therefore, you know, we should try to block everyone from getting this you know, this gun, or, um, you know, we should question everyone indefinitely and, you know, and and make it totally difficult with red tape and this, that, and the third, and, you know, or we should just basically deny people, you know, or, you know, we should let everyone, you know, be armed, even the crazy people, you know, it's like no one wants to come to a rational discussion a rational solution, you know, or a logical answer or plan, you know, that's viable, that can actually work to reduce violence, you know what I'm saying, um, in whatever form, because when you look at the whole situation, it's very disingenuous because not everyone is shot, some people are stabbed, some people you know, hit by cars, some people are, you know, strangled, I mean, violence happens, you know, in whatever form it takes place in, but it doesn't have the same, um, it doesn't have the same value, shock value, you know, um, that shootings have, I mean, because we have movies that you know, focus on the science of the projectile from the gun and everything is so romanticized or everything is so glorified, you know, and and, and put in such a way that it becomes very, very theatrical. So people want to talk about what's more theatrical, what's more interesting to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about, you know, Knife laws. Who cares about knife laws? No, I mean, who even knows what the legal length of a blade should be? You know, uh, when it comes to carrying it in public. You know, a lot of people have have knives to protect themselves, and a lot of those knives are larger than what's actually allowed by the law. So, you know, people pick and choose. You know, what to talk about based solely on the, the shock value. Um, and that's disingenuous, you know, that's very, 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 uh, disingenuous. I mean, uh, historically that, that was called sensationalism. And so it continues today. Um, you has, it was kind of separate issues when it came to sensationalism and, um, discussing issues you know um in the past you would have a they would talk about stories that was very sensational just to captivate you so you'd buy the paper or you know you know you listen to the radio or you watch the broadcast 
you know, because that type of story is sensational. Um, but they didn't alter the facts. They didn't focus on a lot of irrelevant stuff, uh, minute stuff, you know, and, and, and misdirect, you know, people, um, or, um, put, give people a false impression about certain groups. It wasn't so politicized is what I'm saying. I mean, it became politically correct, you know, about being politically correct. And then it became about political affiliation, you know? So, uh, if you support a political leader and that political leader is hated by, you know, the other half of, you know, the political makeup, you know, construct being Democrat, Republican being the two largest groups, you know, so if you support somebody um, who is uh, conservative, who's, who's a Republican, you know, or you are just happy, you just happen to be a Republican, you're labeled as, let's just say, like uh, a Donald Trump supporter. Okay, yeah, he does have the, the support of his party, but that's what every, every political um, leader should, or especially the president, should have the support of his party. So now that party, now you're being incriminated because of the fact that you're doing what people within a party do, which is support the president, you know, who's of their party. Um, when there's a when we have a presidential uh, race, um, the both parties will will pick uh, will will nominate someone to officially run for president. You know, um, against whoever is officially picked and nominated in the other party. You know, for president. You know, so that's a natural process. And now the natural process is now coming to question. So. Um, and now, when we talk about, you know, gun control or gun violence, you know, uh, or gun rights, you know, just bringing the, the conversation to the floor, if you're for, if you say that you're for uh, the right to protect yourself also with a gun, um, automatically you're labeled as a Republican or you're labeled as a Trump supporter. You know, then you're all you get you get different labels. You get additional labels like racist, you know, um and um and and uh a nationalist a nationalist. So you get you're a nationalist, you're racist, you're a Trump supporter. You know, maybe even they might even throw in KKK, but they can't do that too too fast to someone who, you know, uh, of a, a Kushite, you know, ethnicity. But, you know, they have, you know, other titles that they can put on um, uh, blacks that can argue logically, you know, for the right for the right of, you know, being able to protect yourself if it comes to have to comes to having to own a gun so um that's what's needed we need to be able to like come to the table and also step back at the same time 
come to the table on an issue, step back from the colored glasses and filters of uh, how we are expected to think or or the assumption of someone else's uh, you know reasoning to support that their their particular uh, opinion on a, on an issue you know um, and I think like revisiting I'm now I want to revisit the Nipsey hustle situation and I, I mean I am going to talk about the basic thing that happened was you know <clears throat> the brother was shot okay he was shot ironically he wasn't armed we have a gun on him you know and the natural assumption is that oh well he's gang affiliated so therefore you know you would expect him to have a gun on him he may have been a crip yes and he may have been uh and uh, he may have been affiliated and uh, an active member of the crips but it doesn't discount the other uh, broader parts of his life that obviously um, had a had a, a greater influence on him, you know, at the time, right? Because, you know, his mind was so, like I said, he was so forward thinking and he was on this, this inertia, you know, um, and he had this momentum behind him that it didn't include carrying a gun. He didn't feel like he, you know, it, you know, when you, when you mature, it's just certain things that, like, it's not that your safety is not important, but um, you're doing some, you, you're doing much more powerful things on a different level. So it may not come to your mind to to put a strap on because your what you're projecting for the day and your plans that you have for the day are such it's so far ahead or in scope than just you know, just getting to this house or going to that building and getting back to you know a base or a meeting place it's like you making moves that are just bigger than that so he was going to he was going to the marathon store he was the owner of the store um, I'm sure he had he was just basically checking up on the business, you know, at the time. And of course, you know, being a celebrity, it comes with signing autographs. And that was that's what he was doing. He was out there with, you know, a couple people. He was only gonna be there for a few minutes and then just leave. It was something basically routine for him. It wasn't like um it wasn't like, oh, he had nothing else to do just to kill the time, he's gonna show up at the store. No. Why why do people have such an immature view of someone? It doesn't even make sense. He's a millionaire. Um, he's a success, successful business owner, property uh, owner. He, um, he had so many different things in the work that was generating not only money for himself, but money for the community. And not just the community. I mean... He was making investments. He was moving ahead with his life. You know what I'm saying? So um, why do we have such a narrow, myopic view of of people and we try to just encapsulate them, you know, 
and 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 have a, such a narrow focus on them, you know, um, in a particular instance because we know that he was a crip. Okay, because he's a crip, the only thing that the only picture that can come into our mind was, oh, you know, young guy chilling not really knowing what to do with his day, wasting his time, and just randomly somebody just came out and, and shot him up and this, that, and the third. I mean, what he was doing was totally different from, you know, not to be obvious, but it was totally different from what the other person was on, the the assailant was on. The assailant was on some petty stuff. It was on some petty stuff. His mind wasn't there. His mind, they were in two different worlds. And unfortunately, his mental track and that guy's lower mental track, his lower frequency, kind of, you know, met at an instance and basically clashed, you know? And um, that that collision, you know, there's a lot, of colla- a lot of collateral damage, a lot of, in the aftermath of all of that, that's, you know, but that is basically the components of a tragedy, you know, um, people going in a certain direction and something seemingly, you know, out of left field happens to cut them off, you know, and this, then the third, but we have to realize that we are, you know, on a planet where it's not perfect. Things are not perfect. People are not perfect. Um, accidents happen and his, his death is by no means an accident I'm not saying his death is an accident what I'm saying is you know um, it was not something that we would expect even if he was a crip we didn't expect that Who? no one expected that even he didn't expect it no one expected it you know um, and mental health was a Came in, came in to play with that. The guy that shot him, obviously he has some mental health issues as well, you know, or it was alleged that he had mental health issues. Um, certainly looks like he has mental health issues. If you've seen, you know, any of the uh, the footage of, you know, him being represented at that time by that lawyer um, in court or whatever for for a hearing, he was standing behind the glass. You could obviously see he was out of his he's he was not basically alert at all. He was adrift. Um, and those two worlds basically collided. And um, we might look at it and say, someone with a very simplistic, you know, view of things or understanding of things would, would look at it and say, oh, well, wow, man, the assailant, he was stronger. He killed that guy. He's living, and the good guy's dead. But you're not looking at the effect that this person's life and death brought, not just to his family, not just to the industry, not just to the community, not just to the country, you know, not to different issues, not just to you know, um, laws being, uh, passed in, 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 uh, in the White House, in, in the Capitol, um, not, you know, different business ventures, um, happening because of who he was, you know what I'm saying? 
and it it, it involved him he he was like a central uh, oscillation to all of that when you look at it um, and I, I often say like uh, that there's an axis you know from you know from the inner to the outer environment and that's the the axis of your of your movement and the axis of of how you affect different dimensions um, in uh, in in your particular uh, universal mechanism or um, the dynamics of your particular movements uh, the kinetics of how things work in your universe so um, and it, it like I said it played out it played out um, with Nipsey Hussle do we know anything about the life of the assailant no we just, names maybe faces maybe you know uh, his his association with Nipsey's ex-girlfriend or whatever, but nothing, you know, nothing of, 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 of any real importance, you know? So when you revisit and you look at what happened, you realize that the stronger man was the one that died. The stronger man in what's going on in the social environment in our country even at this moment even in his death is Nipsey Hussle you know not 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 him you know he's not affecting anything he's he's now he's just part of the system you know um, and that's where he's always going to be you know, a cog in a system. That's it. You know, so um, I'm just happy to be able to finally, you know, after all this time that passed, you know, these months that passed, you know, after Nipsey's passing. And I, to tell you the truth, I had just started listening to his music um, shortly before he was killed. I mean, I, I had, you know, my Pandora. You know, I had a Nipsey Hussle radio listening to it. This is before he died. You know, certain things I liked about his music. You know, how sharp it was and how hard hitting it was, and how it just it just had this this sound of elevation. You know, elevation. I just I liked it. You know, it's just something that really appealed to me. Um, and so, in that regard, it was a shock to me because. You know, this is a new artist affiliation type thing, you know, like uh, for me to actually listen to it. If I listen to an artist, it's for a reason. I don't just listen to people's music just because it sounds good. I mean, it has to be a reason. So he, whatever he was talking about really resonated, you know, really, um, really connected with me. So... I listened to it. Even though people, I was like, yeah, I listened to this, this new artist, Nipsey Hussle. Like, Ooh, yeah, really? You know, because they weren't there. 
And that was di- that's what's different about Nipsey Hussle was that, you know, you had to be on a certain frequency to actually appreciate it or receive receive the music. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know if that I don't know if that kind of like is a negative when he, when 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 you talk about um, album album sales or whatever, but. It was really about what was what was being generated just in the music sense now. What was being generated as far as being an artist for him. Um, when he stole when he when he sold his um, his Crenshaw album, he sold his Crenshaw album for a hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? At the back of his his vehicle, you know what I'm saying? Right there in front of the marathon store. He was selling, you know. He's selling his Crenshaw album for $100. $400. You know, um, people bought it. So there's a reason why it's, you know, he said it had worth. It was evident that it had worth. The people around him said it had worth. The way he presented it showed that it had worth. What he put into the lyrics, what he put into the music, said it had worth. And people bought it. So he could have very easily sold it for, you know, $12 a CD. That's not how he was thinking, though. He said, this music, this album's worth $100. Compared to... When you look at the time and effort that he put into producing the album, his blood, sweat, and tears, you know, the fact that he knows how his music is is, is accepted in the clubs, how crowds, you know, people people remember the lyrics and, you know, how, impress, how, how uh, impressive his music is. And he was like, you know what, it's worth $100. He, 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 he actually, he was his own curator. He was, he's the one that set the value, the price. He didn't say, okay, well, this is what people, people usually sell their CDs for $12 and I'm going to have to work for that. He's like, yeah, CDs worth $100, you know, be proud to pay, proud to pay. That's the thing. You know, he branded that, proud to pay, you know what I'm saying? So, people came to buy his CD, they were proud to purchase the CD, they were proud to pay for it, you know? And there was a lot of other things that, you know, made it a great deal, a great uh, sale, Um, the $100 CD. It's what he was doing in the community, his reputation, you know, not just as a crip, but just as someone being very industrious making moves big moves people say hey look this guy's worth a hundred dollars for the cd it ain't even really about you know the plastic or the or the uh the digital format you know what i'm saying it's not even about all that you know it's it's really about the person they would buy a hundred dollar cd from him you know they're not gonna buy a hundred dollars CD from him, this other guy. No, they'll buy it from him. 
Because they know. They know Nipsey Hussle. He's worth it. You know? I mean, there's, there's people that you know. That if they had, if they were selling leather jackets, somebody that you know, great reputation, you know, one of your friends, people that you hold in high confidence and esteem, if they say, hey, look, I'm selling leather jackets, you know, are you buying a leather jacket? Yeah, leather jackets probably look nice, but you're not buying the leather jackets for that price because of how it looks. Because all leather jackets are leather jackets. Basically, you buy it because you you know you look at it. If it appeals to you, you're gonna buy it or whatever. But your agreement to pay for it at that time from that individual is because you know that person. It has nothing to do, you know, or that or the type of person. Because a person can know you, you know. But if your quality is not that great, if if they if they say, well, he's kind of a shady guy. You know, I know him, but he's a shady guy. They're not gonna buy it from you. You know what I'm saying? It's it's the it's the impact that you have on that person. You know, it's it's those instances, those times that you have the opportunity to interact with them. You know, and they're gonna remember that. You know, so if the interactions that you have with them have always been negative, they're not buying a jacket. They know you. You may have even squash beef or whatever, get along well, but they're not going to buy the jacket because it just may be another situation where they might regret the fact that they bought a jacket from you because of whatever might pop up later on, argument, or, you know, remember you bought that jacket. You know, it's like that sort of thing. It's almost like a liability. Like, yeah, I like the jacket. I know him. If I buy this jacket, you know, what is somebody else going to say? Because, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know the person. But the next person, you know the person. They may not they may not have forgiven the guy for something that you forgave him for. So it's like they see you wearing a jacket that they, they saw him selling. And it's like, oh, wow. It's, so it could reflect bad on you because you bought the jacket from that person. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so that all came into the whole, you know... Um, the, the, the whole composition of what happened in the interaction of, of Nipsey Hussle selling his music, you know. So so when people bought his music, they really were proud to pay for it. <laughs> so um so let's 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 take away, you know, that positive um, observation about Nipsey Hussle. You know, let's take away that positive observation. We can we can look at that, you know what I'm saying? Um, people, you're free to hold your own reservation about Nipsey Hussle. You may have read certain things or whatever, this, that, and the third. This is what I wanted to share. And I, I waited, you know, um, a long time, you know, to be able to talk about it the way that I wanted to talk about it. And I'm glad I waited because, you know, um, I can talk about it and not have it be scripted. I'm comfortable talking about it, you know, because this is honestly, you know, what I take away from a person like Nipsey Hussle and the situation that happened to him. You know? um, 
and I'm, 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 I'm hoping that rationality can come to the forefront, you know, with our society, you know, when dealing with very important issues. It's, it's almost been made like a, a a very, you know how you like, you have nerve damage and that spot just becomes very sensitive, you know? Well, I mean, a lot of it is just hyper sensitivity, you know, about issues that we can come to the table and actually discussing and come to solutions about, you know, no matter what it is. But there's such there's such contention because of expectations, you know, from an election and people for some reason can't let certain emotions go. And if I, if I continue to talk about that aspect, it's a rabbit hole, and I'll be talking for hours, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, I always say, if you're an adult, you know what you're doing. You understand your point of view. You understand the next person's point of view. You really know what's going on, you know? But you have your reasons for taking whatever stand that you take and taking whatever position that you take or whatever. But... My only call to the whole thing is I'm just hoping that um, we can discuss issues logically and um, and try to move towards some solutions, you know, uh, to some of the problems. You know, that's why I say I'm hopeful. I'm really, I'm very, very hopeful. You know what I'm saying? Um, but anyway, um, if you found this particular episode of universal mechanisms to be um, of interest to you and you really appreciate it you, know, you can you can uh, send me an email um, uh, micro.james74 at gmail.com tell me you know if you if you like my show um, if you have any suggestions any comments or whatever, uh, anything interests you about what I said or what I have said on my shows, you know, you can definitely contact me with that. And the spelling of my name is M I C H R A E L dot J A M E S Micrell dot James 74 at gmail.com. So that's the correct spelling of my name as an email address so you can hit me up feel free to comment and i appreciate you listening to this episode of universal mechanisms thank you and good night hello good evening thanks for joining me for another episode of Universal Mechanics. I'm your host, Mike Rell James. I hope that you've had a great day today. I really do. Um, and this segment of Universal Mechanics has to deal with energy. It's Friday night, and it's March, I believe it's March the 8th, and um, many of us have had a very, very 
long day, you know, at work. And we've looked forward to, you know, Friday because we can relax or whatever. Some of us have tomorrow off and some of us, you know, just take comfort in the fact that we could actually just relax, hang out, have a good time, you know, and all that is very, very important. And um, this segment um, entitled Energy is is a common subject. I mean, we've, we've talked about it a lot, you know, in our lives, you know, spoken about it in various conversations. I mean, there's classes on energy, depending on, you know, what aspect of energy, you know, we're looking at. So energy is something that's very, very viable. It's something that's part of our environment. It's a part of our very makeup. There's always energy being made. Like even in our bodies in the Krebs cycle, there's energy in everything. There's energy in inanimate objects and energy in plants, energy in animals. Um, but how do we categorize how do we categorize these types of energy? So we look at positive energy, we look at negative energy. In plants, you have the phytochemicals, which is like living energy. It's it's good energy in plants. It's the um, what we will call um, well. We got messages coming in on my phone and everything. I forgot about that. It's a brand new phone, by the way. This is the Note Nine, <clears throat> so you know you get notifications for like everything. So. You have to get used to it. So that's one of the things that I wasn't anticipating in doing this, doing this recording, is that I was going to see the flash and hear the boom, boom. But yes, that's what that was. So you have the alkalic, alkalinic, or alkaline energy, and you have the acidic energy. You know, when it comes to like plants and even like animals, when you, when you talk about food, uh, meat would be on the acidic side. You know. Um, and there's plants and there's, uh, there's vegetables and there's fruits that are alkaline, you know, even water, there's alkaline water. Um, basically what alkaline is, is whatever produces good energy. So, um, what breaks down energy, you know, is the acidic. So that's one thing that we don't want is the acidic energy. So um, our words or the words that we hear spoken in public, you know, um, that carries energy. Even the things that we see, the images, the visuals, um, those things carry energy. And how everything that we take in through our senses, um, it comes uh, into our bodies through our senses, um, the touch, the taste, the smell, the visuals. Um, there's something called neurotransmitter fluid and everything is translated and taken in through this neurotransmitter fluid which actually goes into our brain so just think about your brain is constantly absorbing energy every day all day even when you're sleeping because you hear things when you sleep you see things when you sleep 
Um, you may not necessarily be seeing things on your retina, but you're actually seeing things in your mind. Could you imagine? That's so incredible. You're actually like seeing your thoughts or you're seeing um, thoughts in your subconscious and you're actually thinking and interacting with your own thoughts. It's really crazy. Um, the interface is not just inner. Um, the interface is actually outer as well. You know, um, people actually interact with the physical environment when they're sleepwalking. Um, and let's take it out of this dimension into other dimensions um, spiritually. God speaks to us through dreams and visions. Um, sometimes our negative spirits, evil spirits, even Satan, you know, a lot of impressions and suggestions are given to us in REM sleep or, you know, while we're sleeping, when we're awake in our subconscious, while we're asleep and in our subconscious. <clears throat> so um, we have to be cognizant of the different types of energies um, that are coming, that's coming into our body. So we can actually open our, open our body and our mind up to negative or positive energy about the foods that we eat during the day because when it amalgamates in your, in your digestive tract you know in your stomach and um, and becomes um, a chemical or nutrient breakdown in your blood you know that whatever goes into your blood is ultimately going to go go back into your brain and um, so of course that's also being absorbed in through that, um, through that avenue into your your brain through that medium. So we have to be aware that everything, every sound that you hear is being recorded. You know, whether it's positive, if it could, it could be like a sound that like really bothers you and irks you. Like for me, it's the cricket. I don't like the cricket sound. So I guess for me that energy will be a negative translation <laughs> so but how do you tune that out especially when you're living on an island you're going to hear hundreds of insects maybe even thousands of in insects in your environment it's not necessarily a bad thing you know so i'm just saying that because personally i just don't like crickets but there's a reason why there's so many sounds in our environment and a lot of times we, we, we want to get away from the natural environment. And what we don't know is that maybe subconsciously we don't want to hear nature. But hearing nature might actually be healing. Even seeing nature may actually be healing. You know, breathing natural air, eating natural food, all that is healing and rejuvenative to our bodies because. Our bodies are biological. Our bodies are part of the environment. Our bodies are part of this universe. We are made up of all the elements that this uh, world is composed of. You know, so um, if we really want to go back to um, being in a in an environment that activates um, our bodies in the most optimal way, we will. We will want to retreat to, you know, the open country, you know, the rural areas, you know, um, 
that kind of goes against a lot of our aspirations, you know, being young and having knowledge and going to school and, you know, having your degrees and you just want to put that to work, you know, with your degree and get out there in the professional world and be part of the corporate world and have all these other habits, you know, that aren't so good negatively impact our bodies like every day, like drinking coffee, um, secondhand smoke, you know, hearing hearing and seeing a lot of things in our environment, especially with me being from New York, um, you know, having been exposed to about every hideous sound and, you know, and every type of interaction conceivable, you know, even if you're not participating in it, you know, just walking down the street or, or whatever and you know, just being out at night, you know, 12, 1 in the morning, coming home on the train from work or whatever, you know, um, you're accosted by a lot of different types of energies that's not necessarily pop- popular or not necessarily good, you know, visually or hearing, you know, um, a lot of things. One example, seeing someone get jumped on the train, seeing someone get jumped, you know, in the projects, you know, that's all a part of now my memory chasm, you know, like um, I can recall that. I don't know what type of effect that had on me, you know, in my life you know, going forward, but I know it made some type of impression, and that impression is actually embedded in my brain. How do I know that? I mean, there's been experiments on um, water. Uh, there's a, a, a doctor in Moten who, you know, had frozen specimens of water and played different sounds and spoke different words and even sh- had shown, like, different visuals, you know, maybe in a dark room or something, to these, uh, these frozen specimens of water and the imprint, or I would say the, um, the, not icicles, but the formations, these frost formations that, that would form, you know, um, would be indicative of the energy of the words spoken. And um, it's it's a very, very um, interesting experiment. There's also the rice experiment um, that kind of works with the same principle. You speak good things to a jar of rice that's that's been nicely cooked, you know, and after 60 days, you speak good to one specimen of rice, uh, a jar of rice, and speak hateful things to another specimen specimen of rice, and, and then the third jar is the jar you just ignore. And it's interesting, you you know, um, the findings. I don't know if all the findings came out the same, but they all came out with the basic uh, with basic similarities with the love rice pretty much being um, preserved. You know, the rice looked, it was very little condensation. The rice looked fresh, you know, with a little bit of tinting or whatever, but it, you you couldn't really tell that anything negative had happened to it. And then you have a jar where people spoke hateful things to, and it's just totally discolored, you know? Um, 
it just looks nasty and dirty. And the, unbelievably, the jar that you ignore, um, that rice after 60 days is covered with mold. It looks like it's been snowed over and it has like a mold formation at the bottom. And, you know, so that that was that was interesting to me to see that the most putrid example is where something is ignored. So um, I know some people may be introvert and they tend to work things out by themselves or with themselves, but I don't think that's a good idea. I did to basically, you know, separate yourself from people. You know, you, you don't want to be ignored. Even if it's by choice, we're, we're social people and we're social beings. So we need to interact, you know. So a healthy thing to do, and it's healthy for people to interact with other people. It's not healthy to be alone and don't interact with anyone. So you want to try to, you know, interact. That's, that's why we have mouths. Yeah. You know, that's why we have expressions. Um, if that wasn't necessarily, if that wasn't necessary, then we would just have like blank faces, <laughs> you know, with no mouths, you know. So, um, so we want to, we want to, we want to do what's best for ourselves and at least be in a social environment. It doesn't have to be a crowd. Some people don't like crowds. My mother, she hates crowds. Me, I love crowds. I don't care. I, I can be in a room with a few people or I can be by, by myself or I can be in a large crowd and I'm fine. You know, but um, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm generally a, uh, a social person. So I'm, a, I'm an extrovert, you know. I mean, I have a lot of friends, but I have a lot of associates, you know. I guess that's true for most people. They, you know, they have very few friends and they have a lot of associates. Um, so, you know, that's very, very important. Um, viewing things, you know. Uh, we we want to like when we see things like what I tr- what I try to do is like when I get a negative piece of mail, and you, like you know it's a bill or whatever, um, and you've been on a high point and a plateau throughout the the, the last thing you want to do when you've been on a high point point and a plateau throughout the whole day is read a bill, you know, because what happens is it brings your energy down. You know, it brings your thoughts down. It brings your your projections down. You know, like when you when you're feeling positive, like you tend to like visualize and, and project positive things. You think about, oh well, I, I wonder what I'm gonna do tomorrow, or in a, in an hour, I think I'm gonna call such and such, or I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, or you always have this vision of going to do something when you're you know thinking positive, you know. Uh, or you heard or seen something positive, but when you see something negative, automatically it's like a cloud, and it kind of like you know shortens your view. You know, it, it, you become uh, myopic. You know, so um, you want to be careful about the things that you view. I'm not saying don't look at your bill. 
you have but choose a time when you want to see that you know um have it at a time when when you can afford you know to deal with what might surprise you you know um to deal with the problem solving aspect of you know what it is it may, actually it may be a, a a small bill you'd be expecting a good bill you know either way being in a time and a space where you can give your attention to it and not take away from what you could be doing in other areas you know is a good idea so um we want to do that um you want to like avoid radioactive exposure you know some things are 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 toxic and erosive some people are toxic and erosive and erosive <laughs> so um i'm not saying like run away from everything that's <laughs> you can't necessarily run away from everything but what you can do is you can um you can lessen your exposure you know to those erosive things you know um and toxic situations now like a lot of times at work it doesn't matter what job it is you're going to see the same types of people you're going to see the nice person the person that's always helpful you know and they say hi they say good morning you know they're very positive very sweet people and then you're going to see the very busy people you know you're going to see um either a great manager or not so great manager and then you're going to see that one person that basically is your alter ego they they don't like you and you don't feel good around them you know um so what you want to do is it's about how you interact with all those pieces you know um you don't ignore the person that you don't get along with what you try to do is you give yourself um room and space in the individual to observe not even actively observe observe not like you're not gawking them and watching them like the whole 8 hours of your work shift but you know the feedback that you get instead of come back combating that 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 feedback or playing into it that you know it's a negative vibration it's a low vibration and it can it, it can it can be erosive to you because it, it brings up your your um your blood pressure you know um it causes your headache your your fight and flight your adrenaline to pump it's not good for your heart you know um it's not good for your your eyes your mind um it is basically push you in a state of chaos even though you may not feel the gravity of all that chaos but remember now the experiments like our bodies are 60 to 70% water and with a person like that being confrontational and they're lashing out they're saying things they're trying to pick uh, uh push your buttons they may be pushing your buttons but you're not letting them know but guess what this is having an effect on you so 
you want to give a buffer room and space, you know, lessen your interaction with that person. Observe, see how you can work with that person, you know, in accomplishing uh, a part of the job, you know, and not be a victim to the negative forces coming from that person, you know, so that the representation of that person in your mind is not a constant one. It won't be such an indelible indentation or or uh, mark on your on your mind, you know, in your memory. So you want to control that the impact that person is going to have on your person, on your soul, on your mind, you know, and on your psyche, you know. So, um, and it could be great things. I'm just using the job as an example. It could be class. You know, same types of people in, in anything because the same types of people in the world, you know, um, there can be things that are just troubling to you, you know, um, in the environment. So you want to lessen that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be everywhere. You know, you can be in a different place. That's something that you can control. You don't necessarily have to be, you know, in Midtown Manhattan, you know, on a Friday at 7.30, you know, um, or 5 o'clock, you know, you can, you can choose to be somewhere else, you know, um, and depending on, depending on what your obligations are, but you can sort of like move yourself around to different spaces and see where you, where the spaces are that really make you feel great. Like me, going to an art exhibit or a museum, man, there's something about it like that really um, makes me happy inside. Why? I don't know. But the energy off of like artifacts and art, you know, it speaks a certain language to me because basically, innately, I am an artist. So you want to be in environments that kind of, you know, uh, that kind of bounces off of you in a positive way. Like it's a, it's a, it's a positive mirror, you know. So one other thing I wanted to say, you know, about your interaction with people. Um, sometimes people aren't necessarily negative. You know, it, it depends on the scenario. It depends on the situation. Like, um, like you interject yourself into a group of people or just over time as you're interacting with people, um, know that, like, how you present yourself to them, they're going to reflect back to you. Because remember now it's energy, you know, um, some people call it vibes, but people are, people mirror back to you what you send out, you know, from inside you, from your mind, they mirror it back to you. So, um, if you are paranoid and you don't trust people, you know, and you're very skeptical of people, well, people are going to remember that you're paranoid and skeptical. And guess what? It forms an opinion, you know, about you, you know, so they see you, how you see them, 
if you if you if you say that that person's suspicious, very suspicious, well they notice that you're looking at them in a very suspicious manner. Well, guess what? They're gonna think you're very strange. So you're immediately reflecting back to yourself what you're putting out there. You know, if you uh, are are positive and you reflect happiness, you know, towards those around you and, you know, they see that, guess what? They're going to remember you as the happy person. So it's like sometimes people can influence other people. Like it's a conversational skill that when you're talking, if you want that person to feel and think positive about what you're saying, you smile and you nod, guess what? They're going to, they may not give a big grin, but they'll be like, no, nod kind of slightly. And they kind of look at you like they smile with their eyes or whatever. And they they'll lean in. So you want to reflect back to yourself, you know, the positive things that you're, or, or whatever you reflect out, you want to be ready to have it reflected back to you. So um, just think about, the next time you want to react to something that's coming your way or just to a person that, you know, is is um, negative towards you, if you want to react to that person in a negative way, you know, there's an old saying, two wrongs don't make a right. The reason why that's, the reason why that's true, the reason, the reason for that is um, if a person does something negative towards you or says something negative towards you, guess what? They're ultimately... At some point, gonna get that, get that back in some way, you know. Not that you um, are trying to manifest that back to them, but uh, ultimately, just by your removal of yourself from that person. Remember how the the rice, the rice experiment, experiment where that that one jar of rice was ignored and no one spoke to it, and it just foamed over, you know, with um, mold. Well, guess what? That's happening to that person. Because I noticed that every individual um, has a certain... They, they add something to the environment, an energy to the environment. And when that person is gone and missing, and something is missing, the world is missing something. And it's so true. It's so subtle, but it's so true. When my father died, you know, um, here on the island of St. Croix, where I am, when he died, something changed. Not just personally because he's my father, but the energy was different. Like it lost, you know, it, it the, the frequency just changed slightly. It just went down a bit. You know, something was gone. And um the the world is just not the same. Not like I said, not so much because he's my father. And what he meant to me, but I could feel it. So when people when people die, it's very significant. That's a change in the energy of the earth. That's a change. It's a real change that happens. So think about that. You know, the millions of people that have died, and how um, the frequency of this this earth has changed you know, over thousands of years, you know, from what it initially was, 
we're all experiencing life at a, at a, a lower frequency. That's something to think about. So that's why it's so impart, important for you to raise your fre- frequency uh, by being and allowing yourself to be in environments where you're hearing, seeing, interacting with positive things and you also giving off that the the positivity positivity and the positive energies so that it could be reflected back to you so that's that's why it's important to avoid um, radioactive exposure um, and another good thing to do is basically to focus on small points of light in the day I mean this goes a long way to creating like your own sun you know in a way you know the accumulation of all these small points of light you know that's very significant you know because that those small points of light in a day uh, they can you know they can actually come together to amass you know or to affect your life you know, from day to day, because you're thinking about those small points of light. So you're actually transversing or traversing the week um, with these these positive these positive happenings that are happening in your life. So you want to focus on the small points of light in the day, and uh, let and let your sum experience be bright. I mean. There's negative and positive in every day. You can't control um, negative and positive events, but you can influence, you know, um, or you can um, make positive events, make it more likely for positive events to happen. You can also make it more likely for negative events to happen just by the words you speak and the way you behave yourself, the way you present yourself. You go to a job interview, and if you prepare for the job interview, and they see you on time, in the right way, communicating the right message, and they're hearing the right things from you, and and they're uh, they're grasping the individual that you are, and they can compare it to what they need. You know, guess what? That means that that could cause more positive things to happen you get the job now you're getting the paycheck you got your benefits and you know and you're moving forward in your life so um you so you want to you want to let the sum experience you know be bright the sum experience be bright by you know accumulating all these small points of light in the day um try to be a bright point in everyone else's day as well. So, of course, you can't please all the people all the time, you know. So, um, but you want to make sure that you make um, the effort and you make the decision to be positive as you cross people's paths, you know, as you interact with them, you talk to them, you know. Uh, Make an extra effort not to talk about negative things or be negative or mention negative things. You know, you want people to remember the conversations that they have with you, how that makes them feel, you know, and 
that makes them more ready to listen to you. You can always come to them because you have a, they want to, like, you, there's two doors, right? You go through one door and it's clutter and trash and there's no telling what might run out of it, right? And then there's another door and it's a spacious environment. Everything looks nice. There's, you know, grandiose paintings on the wall. The, you know, the floor is the, the perfect floor, the floor that, that, you, that you love to walk on. It has that nice new house smell inside, but it's, you know, it has the, the greatest trappings inside, you know, um, the most exquisite furniture or the most modern furniture, you know, um, and you see things there that really draws you and draws your mind, draws your eyes to. Um, so which door would you want to walk through every day? The clutter or fantasy? Of course, you would want to walk through the door of fantasy. That's what you want to see. So um, you want to you want to try to be, you know, a bright point in everyone else's day. Um, so you want people to see you as a door that they want to go through every day, or they open themselves up for conversation from you. I mean, have you noticed how people actually choose who they want to talk to? Like they'll have a two second conversation with one person, two minute conversation with another person, and a two hour conversation with another person. Why? It depends on the content, the content of the communication, verbal and nonverbal, you know, it depends on the, the subject that's being discussed you know, whether they're learning something or, you know, whatever they're getting from it, you know, if they're feeling more positive, they feel better. I mean, I've had women say, oh, I, I feel great, you know, when I'm around you, you know, um, when I talk to you, you know, you're just so like, you know, encouraging, inspiring, motivational, or whatever. I'm not saying it's like that all the time, but um, that's, uh, that, that's the type of reaction that you want to have, you know, um, when you're talking to somebody or when they see you, you know. Um, what will people remember about you tonight? So, like, you want to ask yourself at the end of the day, you know, as you look back over the day or you think back, what do you think people are going to remember about you in their interaction with you throughout the day. Did you make them smile? Did they feel good? Did you yell at them? Did you ignore them? You know, did you, um, did you, were you negative around them? Were you positive? Did you show them, you know, how to get something done with your great example? This is the identity that you create, you know? Yeah, you have a you have a a, uh, a self image. You have a self identity, you know, and you have a self made identity, you know, that you construct with your education, you know, in the circles that you, you know, you socialize with and 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 
uh, talk, you know, with. Um, and then you have the identity that you create by what you reflect out, you know, into the public. So um, what what will people see you as? What symbol will they have? Will they have a positive symbol? You know, will you will you become a, a positive image or a positive feeling, a positive thought, or a positive memory on people's day, you know, tonight or on on people's memory of you tonight? Like, what will they think about you tonight? How they how how will they remember you tonight? Sometimes people, I mean, people want to push that off to like the end of their life, like, oh well. What will I be remembered for? Half the half the things that we think that people are gonna remember us for is not what people are gonna remember us for. You know, so we wanna be sure that we know that we're creating um, good memories for people, true memories. Um and uh, I guess the the last point I wanted to bring out is the yin and the yang, you know, the positive and the negative. Excuse me. So we know about that, you know, the balance of the yin and the yang. Um, with that, understanding the positive and negative that, that come with everything and in the day, um, metaphysically, spiritually, whatever, um, everything's about balance, you know? Um, and you want to be able to use that balance of the yin and the yang, you know, to your advantage uh, by the react by the reactions and the results, you know, um, and, um, and and you know what are the consequences that are going to come out of that, you know, the yin and the yang. You know, you you want to be a victor rather than a victim of the yin and the yang. So you don't just want it to just happen and then stops there. Okay, like you do something positive, and then of course you get a pushback. You get some negative that comes back to you, challenge to challenge you. You know, do you just leave it there and just be the victim, or do you say, hey, okay, negative is, negativity has come toward me. So what am I gonna do? So what you do is you're gonna do something positive. So you're creating positive karma. So even though negativity came to you, you do something positive in some area to someone somewhere, you know? And um, even though negative things are gonna happen in the self same day, but it could be weeks down the line it could be days down the line it could even be the next few hours something positive is going to happen because of something positive that you did i mean there's things that people have have remembered me for you know um from a month or two ago you know and they just say hey look i was thinking about you whatever and uh i know that you like such and such and what do you think about this so you get an opportunity brought to you because of an interaction a positive interaction 
from the past. So um, that's exactly what I'm trying to, to show you with that yin and yang. So you want to actually invest in the yin and yang. You want to invest the positive. You want to play the game and you want to control it. You know, you don't just want to be, you know, tossed about, you know, by the the raw laws of the universe. You want to be able to say, hey, look, in the future, I might need help in this area. So, you know, it's not like it's not like actually plotting good things that, you know, because that would be self-righteousness, you know, but I mean, like, you know that if you do positive, you do good, good is going to come back. So, and a lot of times when we do good, um, the how it comes back actually can move us forward. So if you're constantly just responding negatively to negative things that happen or just positive to positive things that happen, what happens is that, you know, you're not moving forward because all you're doing is breaking even and or you're degrading, you know. So you don't want to, you don't want to degrade, you know, um, like a battery that just degrades. You, you need that healthy, positive, negative charging and not saying that you have to participate in the negative side, but also understanding the balance. You don't necessarily, you can, um, you can be measured in the things that you do, you know. So you don't want to, you don't want to be, you know, as a great writer said, over too much evil, over too much good. You know, you need that balance, you know, so you can move forward in life. Um, So basically, that's really what I had to share with you guys. And I hope that you hope that you've enjoyed our talk for today on energy. And I hope that, you know, we speak again very, very soon. I know it was a while before. It's, it's been a while since, you know, I've spoken with you with you all um, on universal mechanisms. But I'm glad you're still here. And I'm glad you are enjoying the program. And I appreciate the opportunity to be able to expound, you know, and I know that you all are listening and actually able to benefit you know i don't know everything but if it's positive if it's good if it's something's gonna help someone out help someone else out you know um i'm willing to share 